two of the game. It's the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berkland. So if you are worried at all about Skylar Thompson being distracted by anything this week as he is going for his first start, as he'll start for the Miami Dolphins against the Minnesota Vikings in Miami, uh, don't worry. Tyreek Hill has taken care of those distractions because he has removed the ping pong tables from the Dolphins facility to avoid distractions and then went home and streamed Fortnite for uh, for a long time last <laughs> night. So shout out to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> the distraction really? eliminator. Yeah, yes. Really. Like him. I like him a lot. I, I, I talked about this during uh, Mitch in Vegas just a few minutes ago. And I mentioned that Utah is going to be wearing special uniforms for this game against USC. I didn't go into detail, but I'll go into detail now about them because um, uh, they're, they're awesome. I mean, it's one of the best things I think I've ever seen when it comes to uniforms in college football. So over the last couple of years, two Utah players have passed away. Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe. So what Utah has decided to do is they have hand-painted all the helmets for this game against USC. On one side of the helmet is Aaron Lowe in uniform. The other side of the helmet, the opposite side, is Ty Jordan in uniform. And then on the back of the helmets is their initials. And uh, underneath it, it says Forever You. That's awesome. So that is a hell of a tribute. That is awesome. From, uh, from Utah for this game. So just in case you missed Mitch in Vegas, you know, DG may be regretting his decision here, but there's no way Utah's losing this game. No, they're going to win this game. They're going to be so juiced. Like we said, the boys are going to pop. Coming out of the locker room, I, I really, honestly, I think it's going to be 14 nothing before you can even blink. I think they're going to come out on fire, and USC is going to be, they expect it, but they're not going to know what hit them. At home, dude, just wait. Oh, boy. We continue hour two with, uh, later on, going to warm up my uh, hosting of trivia tonight, which, by the way, I'll give you the details right now. The trivia is in less than two hours. Get you a team together and come down to Game Day Sports Pub uh, there on the west side of town. It's in that same area as Powercast Sports Grill. And um, come out and play some trivia. I'm hosting. It's going to take about two hours or so, six categories, five questions each. There's a halftime. There's a final Jeopardy. Come out and have some fun. Nice. And uh, let's fill up the place and let's have some competitive trivia. You're pretty excited, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, Well, it it took a long time to get it ready. Right, right. It took a long time to get it ready because I'm kind of a perfectionist in this type of thing. Like, my slideshow has to look good. I put a bunch of pictures and GIFs in there Mm. just to add a little bit of effect, plus typing up all the questions, researching all the questions, what I want my categories to be. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of work. Yeah. And so I just hope everybody has fun. I hope they're hard, but also, like, kind of easy and – because it can't be too hard, right? Everybody's just get pissed. Oh, it's too hard. Who knows that? Yeah. The finding. Who knows? Who, who won the 1996 Royal Rumble? I don't know. And you're like, Shawn Michaels, that's idiot. That's too easy, you morons. It's it's hard to find that 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 happy medium. You know, like where it was too easy, people get mad at that too. You go, oh, yeah. come on. But you're like, hey, I didn't know you knew a lot about that subject. Can't keep everybody happy. No. Um, I'm very happy. To now say that we are joined by our next special guest, that is Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver and a part of the Wildcats Den NIL Collective. Curry, how was the trip to Ames? How was it hanging out with Jake Waters? 
it was good, man. I mean, it's always good to see Jake. Didn't get to see him too much because they're just, you know, his coaches, they're just slam. But good to see him and, and, and even better to, to, you know, see the Cats win, even though it was pretty ugly. It was, but how'd you how'd you end up celebrating? Did you go do something fun in Ames? I know that's kind of a weird sentence, but uh, you know, wh- how does Curry Sexton enjoy a win? No, we no nothing too crazy. We uh, we waited. We went into the to the their their football complex and just waited on Jake to come out, and then um, we just went back to Jake's Jake's house and and uh, and hung out with with him and his girlfriend and some other folks. Um, obviously, a guy like that, you know, it probably. Probably isn't going to be down hanging out down on um, Wells Street. Um, so, anyways, yeah, nothing too crazy. And we had we had our little one uh, back at Jake's house with a babysitter. So, um, unfortunately, not not as not as crazy as maybe the old days used to be. But 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 a win is is as good as anything. Well, okay. So what what's the uh, what's the thoughts on the bridge? Is it is it just did it just amaze you when you saw it for the first time? You just couldn't believe your eyes, or what? What was the reaction? I, I didn't even see it. Oh. Um, we 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 part. So we rolled in on on I I I believe the opposite side of the stadium, and then we parked in their coaches' lot, which would be the equivalent of like the the veneer parking lot. Um, and so, you know, I, I didn't see anything beyond that, that side of the stadium. Um, so yeah, my, my mom kept asking me how the bridge was, and I said, <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I have no idea where it's at. So, okay, so th- this will sound weird, but before and after the game I, on social media, I saw just a bunch of K-State fans, even some few pictures of Iowa State fans, like in the street, uh, like when cars weren't coming. Would go into street and then take a picture in front of the bridge. And that reminded me of when I was in Dallas, downtown Dallas, where JFK was assassinated. People will go out in the street when there aren't when cars aren't coming and will take a picture next to the X that's in the road of exactly where he was shot. Um, you know, it's just a bridge, right? But uh, I hear you can see it from. It's a good thing you didn't see it because I hear once you cross it, you're committed to Iowa State. It's weird how that happens. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of magical in a way. Um, all right, so uh, I wanted to ask about the Malik Knowles fumble um, at that goal line. Uh, as a wide receiver, former wide receiver yourself, um, if you were the coach, like what would you tell Malik Knowles about that play and what went wrong and what he should do? Yeah, so so there's a number of things. I mean, first, he, you know, the ball is underthrown. He's got to come back to the ball, and so by way of that, by the time he catches the ball, you know he he he's starting from basically nothing, and then he breaks a couple tackles, which again slows him down. And so with that in mind, and the number of defenders that were in the proximity, he just has to know that he's not just going to walk into the end zone. He has to know. He has to basically have eyes in the back of his head and understand that somebody is going to touch him before he gets into the end zone. And so with that being said, he, he you know, he was he was kind of floating in there a little too casually when really he just needed to, to, to be covering that you know, covering the ball up with two hands like we saw Clyde Edward Solaire doing uh doing a few weeks ago. I can't remember which game that was, but you you either go into the end zone securing the ball like you never have before or you go down on a one yard line. But the last thing in the world you could do is is Give up a, a, a fumble in a, in a key set or in a key um, situation like that. Well, how do you feel about 
wide receiver play through six games. I mean, it, numbers, of course, aren't jumping off the page other than two 100-yard receiver against, receivers against Iowa State, but also haven't seen much depth in play. No, and, and, and uh, yeah, that's, that's certainly been frustrating. Um, you know, I think all offseason, and especially in camp, you know, we were told that, that our, our wide receiver room was one of the deepest and strongest on the team. And unfortunately, now it appears like nothing, you know, it's, it's the same as it has been the last few years, basically since, since Dalton Schoen left, um, where we have a bunch of guys, but none of them really, none of them really bring a whole lot to the table. So that's been frustrating, especially because I think, you know, with, with a good passing game, we would be, we would have a very dynamic offense. Um, but at the end of the day, we're relying on primarily on, um, you know, Malik and Phillip who have shown that, you know, they're both very good returners and, and, you know, they are, they're, you know, just pretty average, pretty decent, uh, receivers. Um, and, and, and so we just don't have anybody who's really explosive in the, in the past game, which can really limit us. Um, and I think, you know, Saturday, if, you know, not to call the first touchdown or the only touchdown, not to call, not to call Phillips touchdown a little bit of a fluke, but, you know, Adrian Martinez is dead to rights in the backfield. And, and, and because, because Adrian got out of that sack, you know, that, that created a broken play that led to a, a pretty easy 80 yard touchdown. And so without that, you know, our, our, our passing numbers don't look nearly the same and we, we, we don't have two receivers you know, near the 100-yard mark. So um, I, I don't think those numbers from Saturday tell the whole story, and I really do think we need to, you know, we really need to have a couple guys step up. And, and you know, I, I would be all in favor of seeing some of the guys we heard about all offseason um, getting some more opportunities. We're speaking with Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver, and, of course, now with the Wildcats Den NIL Collective. Uh, Kind of the same question I've been asking everybody this week, just because we're you know halfway through the season, we're at a bye week, we can kind of reflect on the first half of the year, what we liked, what we haven't liked. But uh, defensively, I'll kind of just give you the general question of, yes, Felix has been the best player. Is he or is somebody else, has have they been your favorite player to watch on defense so far? That's a great question. I would say Josh Hayes has been my favorite player to watch. Um, just the way that he flies around and, and – and, you know, plays with a lot of speed and aggression, I think has really been, really been fun to watch, you know, and Kobe Savage is sort of similar. I think those two have really changed our back end and really brought a lot of stability to our back end after everything that we lost last year. Um, so, so I've really enjoyed watching those two. Um, you know, Julius Brents has brought it, you know, has brought a different element to his game this year. I mean, he's obviously playing really well on the outside and, and is also, you know, sticking his nose in things where that were, you know, where the where the opportunity presents itself. Um, and then I think, you know, uh, Austin Moore is a guy who who's been a huge contributor and 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 came out of nowhere uh, for the most part. And so it's been really fun to watch him not only contribute but contribute at a pretty high level. So those those are the guys that I really enjoy watching probably the most. Yeah, everybody you mentioned absolutely, especially Austin Moore. Adam, I, I did a top ten list in my. The, the top 10 defensive players through the year so far Austin Moore had him at number two he just kind of uh he's helping out on all areas in the running game and the passing game helping out with the defense he has an interception he's kind of done it all he's that's exactly what you want out of a uh a, a, a mid or a weak side linebacker uh for uh for K-State uh all right so it's bye week 
Um, from from your days, okay, so you were a top guy uh, there uh, in the last couple of years of your of your career. Um, what what is a bye week like for like a top guy compared to somebody who maybe doesn't play as much? Do you have kind of two different schedules at that point, or is it, is it still somewhat normal week to week basis when when you're uh, even if you have a game coming up? You know, I, I I think I can safely say that a bye week under Coach Snyder is a lot different than a bye week under Coach Kleiman. Um, just in the little bit of, of info or intel that that we you know that that we could gather over the last few years, it sounds like Coach it sounds like Coach Kleiman uh, really utilizes his bye week as an opportunity to give you know the the you know the starters um, the main guys uh, a little bit of a breather and also you know, get a chance to really look at the development of, of, of the younger guys under coach Snyder. That wasn't the case under coach Snyder. A bye week was, was an opportunity to, to sort of ramp up, ramp practice back up into almost a fall camp type setting where, you know, you're doing a lot more ones versus ones, um, and, and really trying to improve. Um, and so, yeah, coach Snyder's bye weeks were not about trying to give the younger guys a look and give the, you know, give, give the, the uh, the the starters a little bit of a breather, but I but I think that's what Kleiman does, and I think that is really I think that's a really smart approach, um, especially in light of the number of injuries that the team has right now, key injuries. Um, I think it it very much warrants a a a, a nice rest week for um, a lot of our key players, and I think you know it sounds like we have a lot of really promising young players, and so this is a great opportunity to see if those guys are ready to step into the you know, step into the spotlight and and, and uh, make some plays if their name's called on. All right, Curry, to wrap up here, since K-State isn't playing, I'd like to ask you at the end of an interview just your thoughts on uh, the K-State game, maybe a prediction, but since the Cats are off, K-State's next two opponents play each other Saturday 2.30 in Fort Worth, Texas, and it's a top 15 matchup. So, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, – maybe you haven't watched them too much, but Oklahoma State and, and TCU – uh, who who could pull that one out? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I got to watch a lot of TCU last weekend against KU, and um, I think Duggan is Max Duggan has really improved. Um, he's all, he's always been a tough guy, uh, you know, a, a, a runner more than a passer, but it seems like he's a little bit more well rounded. And that that receiver Johnston on the outside is just unbelievable. Um, but I, I've I, I tend to think that Oklahoma State is is the you know the cream of the conference, um, and so I think they'll go down to Fort Worth and get a win, um, and they will be coming to Manhattan next week six and zero and probably ranked in the top you know top five or six. So um, that's that's what I think. I think Oklahoma State wins by a touchdown. Um, should be a good game, but but I I still think Oklahoma State's the class of the conference. Well, there's no doubt. Uh, next three games or so is uh, the toughest part of K-State's schedule. It's about to be played after this bye week. Curry, uh, greatly appreciate your time, and we'll talk about K-State at TCU next week. Awesome. Sounds great, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Curry. That's Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver. Of course, check out the Wildcats Den NIL and check out how you can help out the Wildcats with NIL, name, image, and likeness, with your uh, contribution to the cause. All right, when we come back, uh, I'm hosting trivia tonight. They're at Game Day Sports Pub here in town on the west side of town, so I need to get warmed up. So uh, how about some uh, college football, some NFL trivia when we come back here on, on, uh, on the game? 
I don't know if this this microphone. Oh, it's working now. Okay, man, felt like I was just talking to myself. Hey, uh, everybody, that's live radio for you. Trade lines, everything on. We good to go. All right. We sure. Can everybody hear me? All right. Hello. Tower two. Mitch, Troy, Deej, Trey. Still to come, number one song of the day and ask us anything. I said at the top of the show, I want to have some fun today. We're having some fun tonight at Power Cat, or I'm sorry, <laughs> at Game Day Sports Pub. Excuse me. Uh, they're on the west side of town. What's that area called again, Troy? Plaza West. Plaza West. So, yes, you uh, you now know I'm going to be hosting some trivia tonight. Before we get to my little warm-up here, I do want to mention once again, um, and Troy mentioned in his update, that K-State men's basketball has been, has been picked to finish last uh, in the conference this year. Um <sighs> Shout out to Baylor, uh, Coach Tang's former place. Uh, picked to finish first. Five first place votes. Four go to KU. KU picked to finish second. They're only trailing by four points. Texas receives a first place vote. They do have some good guys. Get they some do. good players. A couple yeah. of them showed up on the preseason team. And then four through nine is TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Kansas. Uh, not everybody picked K-State to finish last, but I'm sure everybody picked them either last or ninth place. I know one of the coaches that didn't pick uh, K-State last. That would be old Scott Drew down there in Waco, Texas. My reaction to 10th in the conference, it's whatever. That is reaction to a brand-new team, a brand-new coaching staff. I mean, how many people around here? D.Y. mentioned they could be an NCAA tournament team. I honestly don't know. They're te- they brought in some talent. They got a clash well, of course, but I can't just make a prediction today. I, yeah, I think and, that's and, kind of impossible. And that's exactly what it comes down to. Even When even the coaches aren't sure what you have, it tells a story. And I haven't seen yeah. a practice. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Know. The, the, it is the great unknown. That is what the K-State basketball pro, uh, season is going to be. And it's a preseason poll. Who cares? Well, it's, there's that matter whatever. as well. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything, you know? All right. All right. I need to get warmed up here, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fired up, man. I need to get this arm warmed up so yeah. I can click a mouse later on so I can <laughs> cycle through some questions and some answers. I thought, you know what, since I'm hosting trivia tonight, let's get a little warm-up on some college football trivia and some NFL trivia. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, kind of treat it like it's, uh, in a way, like do they know it. I'm just going to kind of go back and forth between you two. We'll start at college football and then go to the NFL. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right, Deej. Your first question is, which team has the record for the longest losing streak in the history of college football? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And I can't ask any hints because this is trivia, baby. This is cutthroat. This is ride or die. I I can't see it. Vanderbilt. Uh, Not a bad guess. Northwestern Ah. with 34. Come on. Who's this host? This guy stinks. Oh, uh, maybe I should let Troy steal. I'll let, let the other steal if they want yeah, to. Yeah. So sorry about that, Troy. That's but all right. Troy is next. Uh, Troy, your question: Who was the sponsor of the Fiesta Bowl before Tostitos? I want to say Plymouth, but I know that that's not right. Um, AT and T. Not a bad guess, but no. Southwesternville. No. Uh, IBM. Oh. IBM. Lame. 
Would you do get a what I like a room computer if you won the whole thing? God. All right, I'm glad these are nice and hard. That's All right, great. big blue sponsoring if Michigan's in the in the uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. All right, I got two more college football trivia questions, one each. Deej, what team plays at the stadium called and nicknamed? I should say nicknamed the Grand Old Lady. Let's see. Um, Stanford at the uh, Rose Bowl. No and no. I'm confused by that answer. I mean, listen, I'm just going to say this right now. These are hard. Good. <laughs> These are – and I, I want you to know. I just want you to know. I just, I just want to throw something out there. I've done trivia before. I did it for like three years. It prepared for people to not be happy. If these, if this is in the same vein, it's not. Okay. Um, the, these, if these are, if these are close, you're gonna have a tough time. No, people he, are not he, gonna like it. He knows that we're sober, and so <laughs> that that's part of why he's asking these. Troy, who plays at the Grand Old Lady? Uh, South Carolina. No, but it is a it is a SC. <laughs> Mitch, it's the opposite of the granddaddy of them all, the Grand Old Lady. Really? USC. Co- the Coliseum. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. It's a nickname. All right, Troy. <laughs> what season? What season did K State football move its sideline from the east side to the west side? Nineteen ninety. Not quite. Nineteen ninety-five. You're closer. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. That's Game Day Sports Pub in the Plaza West Shopping Center. <laughs> I promise they're not going to be this hard. PM. It's also not all sports. All right, uh, to the NFL. We'll start with Troy. Troy. What team left the NFC East in 2002 to make it a four-team division? NFC East. Um, that would have been the year the Texans joined the league. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay. No. I do know this one. Go ahead. The Phoenix slash Arizona yeah, Cardinals. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, there's my point. Mitch, these questions are great. Yeah, I forgot about that era. Yeah. All right, there's multiple answers to this next question. Oh, good. Have at it, Deej. So, <laughs> Buffalo lost four straight Super Bowls from 91 to 94. Who did they lose to? Oh, yeah, baby. We got the Cowboys twice. Yep. We got the New York Giants for one. The Buffalo Bills, okay, there's not – oh, that's a really good question. You're right so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah you got those. The Cowboys. Um, what in the 49ers? Oh. The Buffalo Bills. Jim Kelly handed out to Thurman Thomas. Oh, wait. Here you go. Uh, Damn it. Hold on. I know, I know, I know, I know what it is. I've, I've been there before. This is too easy. Oh, now they're easy. Uh-huh. These are so, these questions are simple. A simpleton could answer this. Damn it. That's a tough one. Because um, it's not the 49ers. No. I don't know the other one. Troy? Um, the Rams. Um. Be the no. Um, this is a hard question. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling through here the the, the NFC. NFC. Well, yeah, the <laughs> NFC guys. Um, 
because who else won a title in that range? Yeah. That that is what isn't. Uh, the only one that I can think of really is, is the Niners. Incorrect. Yeah. Uh, you almost, you, we almost completed the whole uh, NFC East uh, minus the Eagles, but Washington. Oh, Washington man. was the other team. Oh man, Mark Rippin, dude. Yeah. Mark Rippin. Uh, of, of all guys to beat Jim Kelly. <laughs> all right, I, I added this because I was super curious to see if you two would know this one. I thought this was really good trivia because I didn't know this. Uh, what what Motown singer tried out for the Lions in 1970? God. Can I, can I just – damn, I wish I could ask hints because – it's just like this sounds like a publicity stunt thing, but it's the '70s, so we're I mean we're at the very end of Motown what, stuff. What year did Plimpton write Paper Lion anyway? By the way, since it's the Lions and mm, 1974, the Lions. Oh boy, no guess. Uh, Smokey Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> he was like 60 at the time. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Marvin Gaye. That's correct. Whoa, Marvin Gaye. And it wasn't like a publicity stunt. It was a legit. No, he like I think he legit tried out. Wow, yeah. that's a great question. That's a really good trivia question. All right, final question, and either one can guess because I'm sure you might have different guesses. Paper Lion, by the way, was 66. Damn. I mentioned the uh, Texans earlier in their first season in 2002. How many games did they win? One. Troy. Three. Troy closest four. Whoa! Four wins for the Texans in their first year. Isn't it sad that's like a lot? That seems like a lot. <laughs> do, do you remember who their first draft pick was? Who their expansion draft pick was? Carr. David Carr? No. Uh, no. Tony expansion B- draft. Oh, I don't know. Draft. Um, Tony Baselli? No. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was? Yeah, it was. Tony Baselli. But he didn't even play, right? Or was something about like he was hurt the whole time? Or? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because they were prepared to build that line around him, and it didn't pan out. What do you guys think I'm warmed up? Dude, let's hear some more, man. Come on. I'll share, uh, you know, if if, I I know you two won't be able to go. I'll recycle some from tonight and bring Ah, them to the show tomorrow just in case. You know, because there's six different categories. I could just pick one or two, Uh and uh, let's see what you guys know. Uh, But I guess we don't have a show tomorrow, but, you know. Tuesday. Tuesday. Someday. Yeah. Someday. Uh, But I can tell you this. Coming up next, we have a number one song of the day, and it's after... We both lie silently still in the dead of the night Though we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was it something I said or something I did? Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you Though I tried But I guess that's why they say Every rose has its thorn Just like every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy Sings a sad, sad song Every rose 
Jones has its thumb. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, you're hearing that right. Dude, I grew up with this song. Come on. Poison got themselves a number one. From 1988, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, three weeks at number one. Hair metal, glam metal, whatever you want to call them. Formed in 83 in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Now, I'll give it to either one of you. More trivia. Can you tell me the members of Poison? C.C. DeVille. Okay. Ricky Rocket. Okay. Um, why am I blanking on lead singer? Brett Michaels. <laughs> Thank you. And I again, I've seen him. The bassist is a hard one. Yeah. Bobby and, Doll? That's right. Yeah! yeah. I did. God, I pulled that out of my Garskunska. Would you believe that that was uh, a Greeley Stampede band? Wow, really? Oh, I think... Didn't Brett Michaels at one time play a free show like Fourth of July in Junction City? He did. He did. Yeah. In this case, it was because they do a rock, at least one rock night. So, again, the one year we had David Coverdale literally headlining. That's a fantastic pull. That is a good To get Coverdale? uh, Night Ranger opened. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That was, by the way, that was 2015. Oh. Which was basically my year celebration of having come back from right on heart failure. I so, love, so, I mean, we hit every show that year. Right on. I love Night Ranger and White Snake. Hey, oh. was that was that a free? It was a free show. No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, I don't anyway, care. Uh, Poison and uh, Poison and uh, Spin Doctors opened. <laughs> oh. Spin Doctors. Dude, in on that. I think Spin Doctors and Sister Hazel are on tour together right now or something like that. that so, Travion, were in another, he and I were in another conversation uh, with our our boy Sloan, and he mentioned Sister Hazel. Or was it Paul? It was Paul it was Parker. Paul, yeah. He mentioned Sister Hazel. He was talking about some, what was it, Cabo? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I have never. Or something I, this is a, my first time in my whole y, life. Is that why DY's going to Cabo? <laughs> I follow Sister Hazel everywhere they go. I've never had a time in my life where Sister Hazel has been mentioned twice in two <laughs> This is never. This is amazing, dude. Oh, oh man. Uh, Yikes. Right. More on Poison here. Sold 16 million records in the United States, 50 million across the world. They were big in the mid-80s through the mid-90s. Look what the cat dragged in. Uh very good. Thank you. But it's not this album. Uh, no, this was uh, Open Up and Say Ah. Correct. Where they uh, had to actually cover up, uh, to get it sold in Walmart, had to cover up part of the album graphic. Wow. Is it because of the tongue? That would be it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and to be exact, it's Open Up and Say Ellipses. Ah. Exclamation yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, now, I wasn't happy about this, and I remember this. In 2012, VH1 ranked them the number one hair metal band of all time. How? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They're not. (laughs) They're not. That belongs to Motley Crue. Yes. Saw that from a mile away. I think we can all agree. Can we not? Does anybody disagree? Best hair? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. Iconic. And they were, like, tough and cool. You know what I mean? Like, the hair, the poison-style hair metal bands where you're like... These guys, come on. You know, was Bon Jovi number two? 
I hope not, but I don't know. I, I mean, bet Bon Jovi's number one. List sounds like it's gonna go. <laughs> well, Trey, real quick, if you could look, I uh, just Google 2012 VH1 top five hair metal bands. Because this, I mean, it's ten years old, um, and it's not just because of the of the uh, of the biopic, the dirt for Motley Crue. Um, maybe for a younger audience, that's what's got their attention about Motley Crue, but uh, Poison's not it. Although I do respect a Poison a lot. I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. Travion found it. What's the news? Twisted Sisters number two, which huh. I mean, they're not bad, but like, and then Bon Jovi's number three, Motley Crue's number four. And Yo. Cinderella's number five. Cinderella. Cinderella. Actually, I could see Cinderella because they they had some staying power. But Warren's number six. Uh, Quiet yeah. Riot's number seven. Def Leppard's number eight. I don't even consider Def Leppard hair metal. Man, that's even way out there than than what Rolling Stone does in yeah. their countdowns. <laughs> uh, anyway, more about this song. I, I want to get to some of this because this is, this is actually pretty neat. So if you haven't heard the, the story about this song, so Brett Michaels, he wrote this in response to a failed love affair with his girlfriend, Tracy Lewis. So after they played at a bar in Dallas, Michaels called her apartment in LA and he heard a man's voice in the background. Oh. He was absolutely devastated. So the next day, Going to a laundromat. He's got his guitar with him. He wrote this song at that laundromat in Dallas. On VH1 Behind the Music, Brett Michaels explained the uh, the meaning behind the rose and the thorn in the song. He said that the rose was his career taking off, and the thorn was the fact that it was costing him his relationship with his girlfriend, Tracy. Uh, let me tell you something, Brett. <laughs> There would be way more down the road that would cost your relationship with Tracy. Way more. Oh, God. You know, honestly, I I hate to be like wishing ill will on anybody, especially a guy like Brett Michaels. He seems like he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah. Um, I would just really love if it came out, somebody was like, I actually wrote that song. And he's taking credit for it, and they, they could like totally prove it, and it was their song, because like this is basically it for them, you know. I just am sick of hearing this song, and I've seen Brett Michaels perform twice. Okay, and he always like when he brings out the guitar, like the acoustic, it's like here we go, and he pretends like we're not all expecting it to happen, and then he's like. Starts, starts it, gets a pop. For sure, for sure. It is I, he, oddly the most mature thing they ever did. For sure. At least during this time period. So. Unskinny, pop, 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 pop. You don't like that? No. Nah. It, it, it didn't blow him away. No. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Look What the Cat Dragged In was a much better album than Open Up and Say Ah, save for this song. Look What the Cat Dragged In. Yeah, the, 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 the original was better than the sequel. So another funny story about Every Rose Has Its Thorn. So when the, fir- the song first came out, it was actually a Dallas country station that played it first. Than anybody else in any rock station, because they thought oh, this it sounds like a country song. It does. As a matter of fact, it, Poison had to convince the label to put it on the album because they're like, this isn't rock. And they're like, no, just it's a ballad. It's a ballad. I'm like, well, okay. Wow. But this song, Ever Rose Heads of Thorn, ended up 
uh, on the pop charts, rock charts, and top forty country. Yeah, it's smashed. Uh, is, uh, how many times platinum did it go platinum? That's all. I don't have that info. It had to have gone like diamond or whatever. It. What was it with? 80s hair metal guys and cowboy stuff. They were all kind of like into being cowboys. Well, Brett Michaels, definitely. For sure. I think it started with Aerosmith with What It Takes off the... Was that off Pump? Yeah, that was off Pump. Well, I'm trying to you know what I'm think saying? of who else in the 80s... Good pull, dude. ...in the hair metal that with, with a cowboy so, type of look. I'll tell you Boots what. Boots and stuff. I'll and, tell you what. For one, um, who's the guy's um, Tesla... Shout out! There's a there's a guy. He's he was a a DJ for K Rock back in the day. I met him at this chili cookoff, and they they're asking me about their favorite band. And he said his favorite band was Tesla. And I spit my food out. I was like, "You're what?" And he was like, "Yeah, they were awesome, man. They were awesome back in the day." Um, I bet the, he knows signs by heart. Yeah, he goes before that stuff. Before that, it's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, modern day cowboy. Yes. And then I go, oh my god, there's actually pretty good. It was a pretty good song. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, all these guys kind of want to be cowboy stuff. You have Bon Jovi doing the whole Young Guns, like the entire soundtrack. Yeah. Well, but that was Actually, primarily. that was just John Bon Jovi. John, that, uh, that, that was strictly John Bon Jovi, and it was because he was asked by Emilio Estevez. Well, uh, then also, then explain Richie Sambora's entire wardrobe from 1987 to... No, I'm saying the reason Bon Jovi did, right, right. John did Young Guns was because Emilio specifically asked him to. Emilio! Anytime Emilio asks you to do anything... You do it. Yeah, well, that was kind of the eighties. By the Go. way, the single only went gold, not platinum. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, the, the the follow up album was not as good as the as the original from Poison. Wow. V- VH1 named Every Rose Has Its Thorn number thirty four on their list of the one hundred greatest songs of the eighties. Yeah. It's actually on a bunch of lists, including number seven on MTV and VH1 top twenty-five power ballads. Can you imagine a world where this isn't a? I mean, this doesn't exist. Every rose has its thorn. I mean, I've, I've, I, I remember the song every day. You know, like every day of my life, I think I've heard some form of it. You know what? Here's a here's a uh, ask us anything question. What is your favorite power ballad? Oh Lord. Oh baby. I know mine. Okay, go ahead. Wow. Would have changed. Scorpion. Yeah, that's it for me, too. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. Also, the genesis for a really good podcast, there's a rumor that the CIA wrote Winds of Change. <laughs> what? Yes. And somebody, I don't know this story yeah, at all. The, this podcast, this guy dives deep. And the, I mean, when's the next time Ian's hosting uh, Coast to Coast? <laughs> Check it out. It's I think it's called Winds of Change. It is a fantastic podcast. It'll make you think. Second place for me is Fly to the Angels Slaughter. <laughs> oh, a slaughter, dude. That song bangs. Yeah. It's a good one. Dude, slaughter ain't bad. Uh, given it's a breakup song, I saw Red by Warrant. Uh, still loving you by Scorpions. Is oh, super yeah. Super cool. oh, yeah. I go, come on, man. Start drinking beer to that one. Start going, man, she left me for that guy. Oh, man. What about you, T-Dog? Sister Christian? <laughs> it's kind of a basic answer, but Home Sweet Home. Oh, it's a great song. Crew. It's a great song. Yeah. Soft Spot. That was the first song I heard by them. So. I watched the video over and over on my PSP back in the day. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're the only kid that can I say that. I give up. I give I, up. I think you're the only kid that can say that. <laughs> Ever. That's... 
you're probably right, yeah. There was a point in time when I downloaded a bunch of 80s music videos off a torrent and put them all on my PSP and I just watched them all the time. See, I don't really have a favorite music video. There's a lot I like. Yeah, yeah. I just don't have a favorite. Sabotage by Beastie Boys, my favorite video, music video ever. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, Vic it, spoofs, it spoofs the action movie so well. I mean, to bring up Crew again, uh, Looks That Kill, that, oh. that does stand out to me as one of my favorite Ooh. music videos. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great song, too. Beat It, probably my favorite Michael video. There you go. There you go. Um, also, Bone Thugs and Harmony, the Crossroads video, man. That's Hypnotize cool. is a great video. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, would you go back and work at your first job again? Hell no. <laughs> Depends well, when I'm getting paid. If you're getting paid. I honestly really enjoyed it. Okay. Washing dishes at a greasy spoon diner overnights? No. Washing dishes gets old real quick. Actually, scratch that. I worked for a summer for a, a farmer. Uh, when I was a freshman, and uh, that was some tough work. I don't know if I would want to do that again. You need to get paid real, especially real good. since yeah. I'm soft now from working in radio. <laughs> you last, you wouldn't last one day on the farm. Dude. I can mow a lawn. That's where it stops. <laughs> All right, we got to bounce for everybody. Yeah. Go Cats. Best of tomorrow.